Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, June 28, 2022, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our next two Starseed Quests to Arkansas are August 12th through the 15th and November 11th through the 14th. And we have had a few spots open up for the previously full August Quest, so you can claim a spot right now if you write to crystals at starseedhotline.com and Tammy will give you the details. Our dear friend, Sandra Recchioni, is joining us tonight. She is an alchemist who has been guided by Yeshua, Mary Magdalene, Archangel Michael, St. Germain, in creating her starseed essences. She also received the calling to become ordained in the Order of Melchizedek, working with Master Melchizedek in the higher realms. It was St. Germain who appeared to her deep state transcendental meditation and told her to create these essences using her collection of crystal andaras. These andara essences carry the frequencies of the masters, angels, and cosmic universal beings of light. The monatomic andara crystals were discovered by Nelly, a half-Choctaw Indian medicine woman who was also a powerful shaman and healer. In 1967, a mineral deposit in Mount Shasta in the High Sierra Mountains of Northern California was discovered with monatomic, did I say that right? Monatomic minerals, right. We can find gold, silver, iridium, rhodium, chromium, and platinum in these minerals. This mineral complex can strengthen the energetic field of the human body, and it can restore health and bring balance to your whole being. Sandra recently became certified in DDEH, which stands for Divine Dragon Energy Healing, accredited by the International Institute of Complementary Therapists. The Divine Dragon Energy Healing System offers you pristine, high vibrational frequencies and practical protocols. True dragon alchemy of magic and earthed, heart-loving embodiment of higher dimensional frequencies from the Divine Dragon Realm. Her website has much to offer. Check it out. It is Starseed Essence Shop, and shop is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E, starseedessenceshop.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. If you have starseed children or grandchildren and you're constantly trying to get them off the screens, I've written a book to help children want to put the phone down and reconnect with Mother Nature by understanding the animal guides of Native America. It's called Magical Messages from the Animal Kingdom, and it's on Amazon. So just type R.E.L. Taylor in the search bar and you'll get right to it. We'd like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment. Our main website is starseedhotline.com, where the Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. 
Lavendar has retired from doing sessions so she can finish her book and continue writing for Starseeds. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of great manifestation power. So you need to find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And that usually takes uh, about a week uh, turnaround to get that timing chart done. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Good evening, Ariel. Hello, everybody. It's great to be hey. with you. Wonderful summer evening. Goodness sakes, I cherish these days. And we're going to talk a bit about nature. You know I love that. I think you will, too. This is a great story. We're focusing a little bit on some cool stuff tonight. But I wanted to introduce you guys to what's being called the Gorilla Gardeners, who are rewilding San Francisco in a really joyful way. Now, the first time most people come across these two is on TikTok. They're watching a man on a hoverboard chucking seeds along the pavement. People just can't stop watching. Well, I couldn't either. Uh, What happens after you watch that? Well, you start to go out and buy wildflower seeds, both native and non-native, excuse me, native and non-invasive to our particular areas. And then we plan to make our gardens more pollinator-friendly. We love our bees and our pollinators of all kinds, and they need flowers and certain kinds of plants uh, for their own purposes, and it's good to buy plants that they like. Well, this movement, which started in Great Britain, as I mentioned on a previous shows, um, is highly and beautifully infectious. It's really catching on. It's escalating. Uh, They say they started scattering native wildflower seeds, and people just went crazy. Everybody's into it. So uh, they're often using Parmesan shakers to distribute the seeds, which is very clever when you want to broadcast seeds. And uh, so that's now become the recognizable symbol of simplicity in this work. They said they found a large Parmesan shaker in a charity shop. They labeled it the Mega Epic Seed Shaker. These people are (laughs) so enthusiastic over what they do. They're adorable. In fact, uh, the uh, online photo shows them in bee suits. It's so cute. They're dressed up like two bees. It's a, it's a guy and a girl, a couple, wearing these bee suits. They're so cute. And it's not now it's gone from Great Britain to the States, all over the world. People are starting to do this. <clears throat> they say there's an important level of responsibility beyond just enjoying this and then being immersed in the joy of it. And then later watching the seeds come up, by the way. Um, but it is the level of responsibility because it's really important. And, you know, I never really thought about this until my later years when I was younger. I just planted whatever I wanted to, but, you know, wisdom brings, education brings some information we need. In this case, I'm passing it along, and that is that we want to be careful that the plants that we put in the ground are native to our areas. So, for instance, I grew up in Mount Shasta, and the California poppy is gorgeous, okay? I mean, I love those, but I can't plant them where they am now. I shouldn't. They're not native to this area. And so what's important, what's native in one area is, is not going to be that in another area. So you have to do your research and study it and find out what is, grew up, you know, what, what belongs to your particular land area. Um, and they tell us that now a native plant uh, can be endemic, something that grows regularly, or indigenous, uh, something that's from the region. And endemic means that it's where it naturally came to the region without human intervention, some indigenous things were planted by the pioneers, and, you know, they're, they're, they're well-established now. 
Um, but endemic means things that nature just put up without anybody's help. And they particularly benefit the ecosystem. And unfortunately, invasive plants kind of do too well. They just take over. For instance, pompous grass, which I always thought was beautiful, and bamboo, whoa, I mean, that's really a problem in some places. So that's an example of invasive plants that take over, choking out plants that the animals in particular regions, uh, regions need. Um, they need certain plants. And so what's invasion, uh, excuse me, invasive in your region um, will be native somewhere else, so, which is why we have to research. Well, um, this couple loves nature so much. It's why I think their content just performs so well on social media. It's just fun to watch people talk about something they're passionate about, and these guys are so passionate about plants. They tell us that they both grew up surrounded by nature. He says that he's a child of the national parks, and she said she grew up in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, and they say that being raised in the outdoors is what fosters their love of it. Um, they moved to San Francisco. They had a first date that centered around replacing a tree that had been stolen from one of their neighbor's gardens. And she says, somebody stole our neighbor's citrus tree in a rainstorm. Who does that, she said. <laughs> so since they came together in, in planting and bringing back to life plants that have been disappearing, uh, they got married. And since that first date, they have brought nature to countless more people. Um, now, they, they run a sustainable landscape gardening business. Um, anyway, they are probably pretty much single-handedly for democratizing nature in the heart of San Francisco. Uh, they bring a lot of flowers, and it's caught on. Now, I just wanted to pass that along because I think it's a wonderful thing to do. It brings you a lot of joy, and these kids are so... And it just makes you feel good. I mean, what a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. All right, and, and another note about plants. Did you know, some of you may know this, you're, all of you are smarter than me, but that a sunflower has invisible colors that humans can't see? Well, they do. It turns out that. that sunflowers, nah, isn't that something? Huh. Sunflowers are more than just a pretty face. They have ultraviolet colors that affect pollinators. And it also helps the plant regulate water loss. That's according to new research. Apparently, this is recently discovered. They tell us that the dense collection of yellow petals of a sunflower uh, is a very familiar sight, but it's hiding something from the human eye. An ultraviolet bullseye pattern. Bullseye. Invisible to humans, but not to bees. And other insects can see it as well. The bullseye patterns have long been known to improve the attractiveness of flowers to pollinators because they can see them. <clears throat> Here we are, hit, hit the center of the bullseye. There you go. Uh, huh. Researchers have found that the same molecules that produce UV patterns in sunflowers are also involved in helping the plant respond to stress, such as drought or extreme temperature. This is in a new paper uh, published very recently, and it's about how plants adapt to different climates. So um, the mystery of the natural world is unending. We're just beginning to get a peek into this marvelous universe of consciousness right here on our planet and all of the life forms around us. And I don't know how many of you realize, but the uh, red wolf is highly, greatly endangered. And a zoo in Rhode Island has now announced the birth of a critically endangered red wolf 
puppy. Um, uh-huh. The pup was born on May 5th at Roger Williams Zoo to parents that named these wolf parents, Diego and Brave. Seems kind of a shame to name a wild animal like that, but they did. And it's the first red wolf pup, pup red wolf pup, it's hard to say, born at the zoo for almost 20 years. Now, only wow. 15 to 20 red wolves remain in the wild, and they're all located in eastern North Carolina, according to this piece that I'm reading to you. They were listed as extinct in the wild in 1980, so they came back. But they tell us that through the collaboration of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the associations of zoos and aquariums, the Red Wolf Species Survival Plan, and the last 14 remaining red wa- uh, wild red wolves that have been established in zoos uh, for breeding are actually preventing the complete extinction of red wolves in the wild. Now, the people who take care of this puppy and the other wolves in captivity monitor the wolves themselves as well as the mother and the baby specifically. Uh, they have a camera located inside their birthing den, and they say that right now the pup is nursing and is appearing to gain weight, but they said the next month is critical for its development and its survival because naturally um, these types of animals do not breed in ca- captivity. So it is, they're working very hard to assure that they multiply these wolves in order to save the species. They say the red wolf is the world's most endangered canid species. All right, are you guys in in the mood to look something up on the Internet? Because there's a few things you need to check out. And once again, I tell you, I wish I had a movie screen. I could share this with you. So you'll just have to look it up yourself. But have you ever – oh, Ariel, I know you're going to be with me on this. I just know you are. When you were younger, have you ever dreamt of having a jet pack? You know, (laughs) uh, uh, Jetson style, right? I mean, for Uh years and years – Oh, it's been such cool science fiction, right? You know now they've got them, right? You of know course, yeah. Well, they have things that really are amazing. And so this story is about paramedics rescuing on mountaintops, mountaintop rescue using jetpacks. And a British aeronautical innovation company is actually helping first responders to get to difficult locations, but in record time, in an amount of time that can save lives. Now, they made it put up a video by Gravity Industries. Uh, they show a paramedic scaling a mountain in under four minutes using one of their jet suits. Now, th- this jet pack looks heavy, and the guy had six days of training, and he was a, is a paramedic for the Great North Ambulance Service, and he flew up to the top of a mountain in the U.K. Well, as you can imagine, it's not that tall of a mountain. It's like 3,200 feet. But for the U.K., it's a mountain. It only took him three minutes and 30 seconds, and as I watched, he flew from 25 to 40 miles per hour. Now, it's fun to watch. This journey would take around an hour and 20 minutes on foot, and there was poor visibility, a lot of fog at the top. That would have grounded a helicopter and blocked the visibility of drones, which it did. They had drones flying with him so they could record this journey. Uh, The rescuer said, we can get a a trained professional uh, very quickly to the side of a casualty in a very difficult weather situation or even difficult terrain in a way that rescuers on foot that are in a vehicle or a helicopter can't do. 
So these industries plan to test the suits in a variety of other rescue scenarios, including avalanches. Amazing. And these things are like, they moto. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that they've gone, uh, come this far. But it's doing good work. Now, they say that this is a 1,000-horsepower jet, a 1,000 horsepower. That, it has thrusters that fits on the pilot's back with two small jet engines on each arm, forming a stable tripod, tripod of power. They say that after several years of development, the suits no longer require a lot of upper body strength. So listeners can see this video on YouTube if you use the search term record jet, uh, record jet suit mountain ascent. I know that's awkward, but that's actually the name of the video. Record jet suit mountain ascent. It's wild. Check it out. And I want to talk to you about old age <laughs> and talk about like jet suits and risky behavior. Uh, a, a daredevil granny. A grandma, great-grandma, a great-great-grandma, she's 103 years old, is the world's uh, oldest skydiver now. A 103-year-old Swedish woman has become the world's oldest person to complete a tandem parachute jump. Now, unless you perhaps think she did this alone, she didn't. It's a tandem jump, uh, which means she had a companion with her. Nevertheless... 103 years old, and she jumped out of an airplane and lived to tell about it. Her name is Rut Larson. When she was in her 90s, she wanted to learn more about flying and started experimenting with paragliding and ballooning in her 90s. In 2019, she did her first parachute jump at 101 years old, but it wasn't a world record because in the same year, an American had completed the jump at 103 years old. So last week, she completed her world record jump. She was harnessed to another very competent parachutist. Um, Everybody was there to celebrate her accomplishment, along with a judge from the Guinness Book of World Records. She is now the oldest person to complete a tandem parachute jump at 103 years and 259 days old. She's almost 104. (laughs) She's about 100 days older than the last 103-year-old that won that award so that's wow that's something you can look at that video which is pretty cute 103 year old swedish woman sets record if you don't believe me check it out it's true (laughs) i can't imagine doing that i'd I'd rather eat glass and jump out of an airplane but you know whatever (laughs) okay um on the ecology front here's a story that i think is pretty amazing um my old neck of the woods, Lake Tahoe, beautiful lake, gorgeous, fabulous. At least it used to be full of water. I don't know what the water level is today. But divers have recovered 12 tons of trash from Lake Tahoe. It's a scuba dive team that removed more than 12 tons of submerged trash. It took them a year to do it, and they dug it up from the bottom of Lake Tahoe. They would call themselves the Clean Up the Lake Scuba Diving Team. They uh, recovered submerged litter around the 72 miles of Lake Tahoe shoreline. They announced they've uh, officially completed the project. They said over the past uh, COVID time uh, with uh, the pandemic and wildfire challenges, 
the dive team took the opportunity to get in the water at every opportunity to complete the unforgettable effort. They said that while they took out many expected and usual things along the way, uh, they took out, uh, let's see, it was uh, almost 25,000 pieces of litter, 25,281 pounds. They not only found endless amounts of plastic cans and other typical things, but they found engagement rings, uh, 1980s Nikon cameras, entire lamp posts, of all things, no littering signs, uh, massive pieces of broken down boats. They found engine blocks, lost wallets, telephones, and a whole bunch more. So now this project called Clean Up the Lake is going to announce any time now that they're going to be they're going to give us the names of the lakes. They're going to clean up four lakes this year, uh, starting very soon, and they'll be announcing what lakes they're going to clean up. So they go from one lake to another and do all of this. I think it's a remarkable thing. Yeah. In Europe, mammals are coming back. In the first half of the 20th century, many wild mammals in Europe were on the verge of extinction. But now many of these are flourishing. Uh, they tell us that thousands of years of hunting, exploitation, habitat loss has caused severe population decline in bison. Did you know Europe has bison? It does. Elk, bears, and all kinds of other animals. But the conservation efforts are now producing dramatic results. In 2013, a coalition of conservation organizations published a report on how mammal populations have changed since 1960. There are more than 30 times the number of European bisons alive today than there were in 1960. 30 times. There are more than twice as many brown bears, three times as many Eurasian elks, five times as many red deer. The Eurasian beaver, they say, has made the most remarkable recovery. It's estimated to have increased by 140-fold since 1960. So how did they do it? Well, Europe got its act together. They began to effectively protect against hunting over exploitation and the destruction of habitats. This includes bans on hunting or hunting quotas, along with region-wide protection plans. Agricultural land use has also declined across Europe over the last 50 years, which allowed the return to natural habitats for uh, places for the animals to dwell. So, you know, we hear all about how the environment's in trouble but in many areas of our planet, it's coming back. It's doing better. So, and it's all because people have changed their minds, their consciousness, refocused their laws, their legislations. People are, are doing it. And there's some good news out there. This is my last story for tonight, and it's adorable. Um, it's, it's wild. A dog, a cute, adorable dog, broke into a couple's house, made its way into their bed, and spent the night with them. And I've got pictures to prove it. A couple in Tennessee woke up to a dog sandwiched between them in their bed, but it didn't belong to them. Julie and Jimmy have three dogs. They own three dogs, and they said, it's not unusual to wake up with a dog in my bed. It's absolutely normal to wake up in our house with one of our dogs in the bed with us, she said. One small problem is this is not our dog, nor do we know how she even got into our house. In the darkness of the night, they thought they were cuddling one of their dogs. Then as daylight began to creep in through the curtains, they realized, hey, we're, we're snuggling somebody else's dog. And the dog was deep into their pillow. 
He had his nose under one of their pillows. He was sprawled out. He was just, he was so comfy. She said, you could see light coming in through our curtains, and I felt my husband just roll over. But then he got really startled and almost jumped and said, uh, what, what, whose dog is this? <laughs> they pulled the blankets back. They were going to, uh, you know, at that point, the dog didn't wake up. He just crawled deeper into the pillows, snuggled in even more. So she took some pictures of the situation. They had no idea what was going on. She said in her Facebook post, this is the weirdest post I've ever had to make. Is this your dog? She wrote. It didn't take long before she got a message from the owner of the dog. Apparently, the dog had slipped out of her collar while on a walk and had run into the woods the day before. The dog's owner said, our overly friendly pup has hit an all-time record for ignoring personal space and yet added yet another trick to her long list of Houdini acts. Well, this united two families and four dogs. Um, it's kind of like two grandparent houses, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. They're now meeting with the other the three dogs or meeting with the one dog. It's a four-dog, two-family situation. They all go for walks together. Now, the only mystery that remains is exactly how that dog got into the house without any of the other dogs barking. The dogs let it in and let them in the bedroom. And I think it was ESP, don't you? I think they were communicating. They sensed the energy and it was no problem. Probably past life recognition of some kind because the pictures are – the dog was completely content. Anyway, the woman thinks the door was left open uh, and that the, the little dog got terrified of thunder. They had a lightning storm. She thought the dog was scared of thunder and managed to wheeze her, wheel her way in through the door and climbed up in the bed during the storm that happened the night before. So anyway, it's an adorable story, and the dog's adorable. Wow, imagine that, waking up with somebody else's dog who just loves to be in your bed <laughs> and doesn't want to get out. <laughs> and you had no idea how he got there. Oh, life is full of beautiful little things. From my heart to each one of you, have a wonderful couple of weeks, everybody. I appreciate you so much. Life is good. Spread the love. Spread the light. Hey, plant some seeds. That would be a great thing to do. Don't mind if I tell you that, too. It's the kind of thing I don't mind bossing about. Go plant some seeds. Go plant some seeds. All right. Yeah. Good night, Ariel. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Anastasia. Another great job. And we'll see you um, two weeks from tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I am going to get Lavendar's mic open. And I have to go find Sandra. I know you're on. Okay, here you are. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ariel. So happy to be here once again. Oh, it's nice to have you back. Lavendar, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm ready. Okay. So, Sandra, thank you so much for uh, for being our guest tonight. Uh, let's start by you uh, explaining a little bit about who you are and kind of what happened to you uh, at the age of 15 and just kind of give us a little history of yourself. Well, um, I am a... Starseed, light worker, way shower, trailblazer, pioneer, um, kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, my awakening happened to me very young in the 80s. I was uh, 15, 
and I had um, an encounter with an angel, and that encounter changed my life. Obviously, it was an angel in human form, um, but the energy and what happened to me that night was something that I was never really able to share uh, throughout most of my life, up until, you know, people started awakening, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, after the harmonic convergence of 1987, I was still a little young and wasn't um, able to put into words and vocalize what I had been through. And I was very lonely because I really never had a true friend that I could really be 100% myself with. So imagine my surprise when I found starseedhotline.com in the midst of my second awakening in 2001 that I realized that I wasn't crazy, I wasn't bipolar, I wasn't insane, that what I was living and what I was experiencing was really happening to me and just to me, and it was my experience. And we all have those experiences that sometimes we just can't put into words and nobody can really understand what we're trying to, to explain and, and vocalize because they haven't been there themselves. So to find a place where we can be who we are, who we came here to be, and share our stories and our experiences without judgment, um, it's really an honor to be part of the Starcy family. So tell us a little bit about your your uh, inventions of your essences and how that came about. And by the way, I want to thank you for making a personal essence for me, and it has really um, been a, a delight to have. So thank you so much for um, placing a certain combination just for me. I thought that was just brilliant of you. You're very welcome, and it was divinely guided and inspired, um, which is how I I live daily, is by those nudges that we get that sometimes we don't listen to, but then we're like, oh, I should have listened to that nudge because it was right. And that's uh, what we're all going through to be able to be in our knowing, to accept our experiences and, and our messages from within instead of seeking it in the outside all the time. There's a lot of false prophets out there now that are just basically siphoning the light out of the light workers and the starseeds with false teachings and the left-sided path, as I call it. So the essences came to me through uh, a channeled... A transcendental experience with the Ascended Master Saint Germain. Um, being a person that has had these transcendental experiences from a young age, I found my friends were the avatars most of my life. They heard me, they helped me, they guided me, and they're my team. And to have received such a message from St. Germain in a moment in my life where I was in a position to be able to, to do this 
was truly a blessing. And with his guidance, I um, acquired a collection of Andara crystals. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Andara crystals are high vibrational um, crystals that have kind of been born on the earth. In the re- Actually, they've been around for a long time, but they're more heard of now. Um, they're awakening themselves and releasing codes. Um, and people are hearing them just like we hear the other crystals and they're guided to them. And actually, an Andara picks you. You don't pick an Andara. It finds you and it gets in your head until you get it. And I had that calling with the crystals, uh, being part of the crystal soul group. I believe that that is something innate in me. And I acquired the collection of Andaras. I started working with them several years ago, and um, magical things started happening in my life. And I was growing at a rapid pace, uh, both in my spiritual path, um, my, my abilities, my gifts started opening up and coming through. Um, and I was in a metamorphosis. And during that time working with the Andaras, I realized that each one had its unique frequency, its unique gift, just like all crystals. And because I was also a part of a flower essence practitioner uh, diploma at the time, I decided to play alchemist and start making these Andara essences. And when I did and I started testing them myself, I was just blown away. Uh, to the point that I had to give them away to people just for them to try them and just say, please try this, because I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me experiencing it, that other people were also feeling the frequencies of the crystals that were being, um, through a solar infusion, the vibration was being placed in the water, which, by the way, is water from Mount Ida in Arkansas, the Mountain Valley Spring Water, um, so along with the codes of the water and the codes in the Andaras, they're magical elixirs is all I could say. They've changed my life and many people that have come in contact with me that have shared, I've shared these essences with, including yourself. I mean, they're transformational for a time of transformation. Well, I know that when uh, you came to our quest here in, in Arkansas, that um, and he brought with you these essences, and everyone enjoyed them, and it really uh, elevated the entire group to experience this. And about the Mountain Valley water, you know, years ago, many years ago, I w- my partner and I we were looking for a a water company, and w- we spent three years traveling the world trying to find the, the best water on the planet. We ended up here in Arkansas. And, and knew that this was the place to get our water. Why? Because the water that we found was 10 million years old, and it went over giant crystals that stood two stories tall. And so we knew that this was the water of the future. So not many people know that story, but I wanted to share that with you and the audience because the Mountain Valley water that you use, how, however, however you use it, only enhances the vibrations for starseed. I believe it. Uh, I believe it. It is um, 
definitely brought the essences to another level. I was using spring water originally, um, and this has just enhanced it. Just like you say, it enhances it, and we need it. We need this right now. The planet needs it. I've had um, light workers go to different parts and just drop the essences in bodies of water, in land, and people can feel the energy. You can feel the healing and the frequency running through the earth, and I believe the elementals love it. The elementals oh, yeah. are happy with the yes, with the flower essences. I can't imagine how they're feeling when we're working with the andaras now. So do you have any stories that you can tell us about people that use them and have amazing results? Didn't you have something just happen down in Puerto Rico? Yes, yes. We had a um, group of uh, Starseed sisters that were uh, down there doing some healing work with the land. Um, As you know, uh, Puerto Rico has a lot of um, healing to do. It's it's been left out there alone, and the land itself and the history there from the conquistadors forward, there's a lot of bloodshed and the weathers, the weather format there. So uh, they did, they dropped some palladium light, um, which is made with the palladium light on Dara, which brings in the palladium frequencies, um, connects you to your galactic family if you're part of that lineage. And I believe there are a lot of Palladian starseeds in Puerto Rico. So they were guided in, intuitively to use that essence as well as the Magnolia de Yeshua, which is completely in a different level as it comes in with the divine energies of the divine masculine of Yeshua. And Magnolia being the flower that has survived many of the Earth's cataclysms and is still here for us to help us make that connection to the divine. They are like landing pads for angels or the magnolias. They're beautiful flowers, um, beautiful healing. And so they put all this together and did their thing and um, they started reaching out to other light workers in the area and sharing of the essences with them. Uh, each one that participated was able to take their own personalized combination created by my ambassador now, who is uh, definitely a representative of Starseed Essences and has felt the transformation that has occurred in her life by using them. And she's, like me, just wanting to share it with everybody, literally. We just, I mean, if if I had the resources, I'd be giving it away. <laughs> um, because... Uh, people feel it. You feel it and it helps us accelerate and be able to grow the same way the energies on the earth are accelerating so that we can keep up. Um, There are a lot of uh, symptoms going on now with the energies that are coming in and I believe they help us muddle through all of that a lot easier. Like holding a crystal in your hand, but imagine taking it internally and having it work on your energy bodies as well as calming the physical body. The magnolia, don't you have a story about finding the magnolia tree or something about the essence of magnolia? 
seems like you mentioned it some time ago, but I don't have, I don't remember the story about it. Yes, the Magnolia de Yeshua uh, was created on the summer solstice. I believe it was 2020, and um, I had just moved to a new home, and the new home had four magnolia trees in the back, but I didn't know that's what they were. They weren't flowering at the time. It was winter. The summer solstice came a few days before I had a, a very powerful dream with the Master Yeshua. Um, it was one of those dreams where you think you're waking up from your dream and you're in your room, but you're still in the dream. And he was there in my room. And I was like, whoa, you're the master of peace. And he says, I'm the master of peace. And then he disappears and I wake up from the second time. I thought I was still dreaming. And it really, really did something to me. It shook me inside, feeling his presence so close. And his message to me was, when you see a white flower, I am near. I was working with many flowers at the time, and I kind of, you know, forgot the next day, kept going with life. And I see the magnolia, the first bloom of that summer, the magnolia tree as I'm sitting in my lanai. And Immediately, that feeling came back, and I was like, wow, that's the flower he was talking about. So I went and meditated with the magnolia. I, I did the ceremony to retrieve the cutting to start doing the essence. And when I created the essence, I also sat with the, with the bowl of water and the sun with the magnolia and channeled a beautiful message from Yeshua that he's sharing with everybody through this um, essence. It's on the website. And basically, it's him letting us know that he's here. He's here, and he is the way. And for those that have the eyes to see, you will see it. For those with the ears to hear, you will hear it. You will hear him. But you have to call and want to, to, him to be in your presence. Some of us think we're not worthy. We are worthy. We don't bow down to anybody. Just like the Gospel of Mary Magdalene relates that Jesus came to unite us to demonstrate what it is to be a true human. And with that, Mary, and why he loved her so much, was because she didn't follow him like a god or a messiah. She sought and to find herself and her true self and her divine self. And they remind us that we have the power to receive vision from within and we're worthy of proximity to the divine because that's our other half and it is what it means to truly be human because Yeshua was human. And look at all of the miracles that he displayed for us because we are like him. And she reminds us also that we're a bridge between heaven and earth. We are the bridge. So remember that the true church is in our hearts, and that's where our true power lies. Yes. I noticed that, <clears throat> that you have spent a lot of time 
under the guidance of Saint Germain, is there anything that you can share with us about some of the experiences that you had with Saint Germain? Um, well, I was part of the um, Church Universal and Triumphant, which is the Church of the Ascended Masters, I call it. It's the home I found um, when I was seeking a place to, to go. I mean, we all need a place to go, a temple. We were always seeking the truth. And during a time where I was going through a lot of turmoil and darkness, aside from the awakening and the spiritual part, we have life and we have many um, tests that we go through. And in one of my tests, one of them was, you know, do I do this? Do I trust? And I trusted the Summit Lighthouse. I took the step and opened the door to go in. And I found this beautiful temple with Yeshua, St. Germain, Kutumi, El Moria, Sana Kumara, Kuan Yin, all the masters from all different cultures, all under one roof. No judgment if you're a Buddhist, no judgment if you're a Christian. Everything was unity, the universal church, where all religions are one, and all the avatars are working for the same cause. And this was I, my home at the time, and I became very involved um, in the teaching center in Austin, Texas at that time. I was a Sunday school teacher for the children. We did dynamic decrees. And it was a great time of my life. I was raising my son as well in the teachings. And um, their home base and headquarters was located at the Royal Teton in uh, Wyoming, Montana. They had a large uh, acreage of land there where they held retreats. And I was lucky enough to, to go there and to experience it in July. And they told us that even though in the physical we were in the retreat, you know, enjoying the different talks and, and seminars they had, but at night when we slept, we were taken up into the mountain. And we were there for a reason. We were invited there because of the work that we were doing during our sleep state, obviously, we don't remember the work that we do. But I could feel the energy there and the frequency was amazing. I don't know if you've been over there to the um, Royal Teton in the physical, to the mountains. We actually um, camped out there in Yellowstone a few nights and um, very uh, memorable in, in many ways. Walking through the springs and hearing the bears roar at night and then waking up the next day with activations and, and transmissions and missions as well, things that, that we had to do that we had to accomplish as lightworkers. So I enjoy those times, and I believe I still go there when there's a call um, in my dream state because I, I wake up and I feel like I've just been with family and had like a little reunion. Well, the Teton meetings will be starting here on July 1st through the 7th, but I have a feeling that they've started early and that they're going to last a little bit longer than that. So, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm very pensive about what's happening on the planet and about these meetings, I must say. Well, it's time for action. 
we're done with the training, we're done with the learning and the classes and the certifications. Everyone has to just stop and just listen to their inner guidance, their inner knowing, and just do what you came here to do. And if you don't know what it is, ask. Because you ask and you receive the answers. And sometimes it's not the answer we think it is. Yeah, practice time is over. This is the real deal. Yes, 100%. Yeah, wow. The the call is out now to the starseeds. I I wanted to ask you how much you knew about um, Nellie, the half-Choctaw Indian medicine woman that uh, was a shaman and... And and didn't she discover these uh, these Andara crystals? Do you know any any history about her? Well, just some similarities in my story. Um, she had land over in Mount Shasta, and this was in the '60s that, that this happened. And um, she was a shaman, but she was also a, an herbalist, and she grew many different flowers and plants in her on her land and it made tonics and tinctures at that time and in one of her plants that uh, she had that was a very popular healing plant at the time uh, started to have some type of white powder around it and she called in a few geologists and some psychics and different areas of expertise to come and test it and see what it was and they tested the powder and it was made of stardust. It had all the different um, ethereum and matter that came from outer space and as she walked her land she would find more and more of this powder. They didn't know what it was but that plant was very powerful for healing so she scratched it as that and left it alone. And one day she, had, uh, she was suffering from congestive heart failure at the time. She was older. And she had a dream with Yeshua. Similar to my dream, very realistic. And he told her to go to a part of her land that had been used in the past as sacred, um, a sacred space that there was on the land. And she went there with her grandchildren and they kind of went hiking and they found the green Dara, the first one that was found on the land. Uh, She took that home. She realized the Andara had powers, healing powers, and she was healed of her congestive uh, heart failure. And it took a decade before any more Andaras were found on the land. But in 1979, a famous channeler psychic at that time knocked on her door and said she was there because she had had a vision about a green crystal and it guided her there to her home and knocked on her door. And the woman didn't know, you know, there were more on the land, so she allowed her to go and search the land and that's where they found the mother load of the Andaras and many um, light workers of that time came, she gave them away, and they placed them in different parts of the world, similar to the Gizas being placed now. At that time, they placed them in different ley lines and different sacred sites around the planet. They were guided to as well. 
So beautiful story. story. Yeah, it is a beautiful story. So have you been back to that area uh, where they were found? Have you been Have you been to Mount Shasta, the area? I have not been there yet. Um, I have uh, lived a very cloaked life uh, and hiding. I've been in hiding for a very long time, and I was a single mom, and I really didn't have the resources. And being a single mom, I couldn't go hiking in Mount Shasta with my six-year-old. So I know I will get there one day, but I have been there in meditation and have traveled in with into Telos and Inner Earth um, in Astral State. So uh, that's good enough for me. These days we can travel where we want in our minds and actually go and do the work. But I'd love to go there in the physical one day and just um, feel the energies there like I did in uh, Montana and how I've done in Arkansas and Hawaii. Um, You can feel the change in the frequency as soon as you reach the mountain. Even in a picture, you can feel that energy coming through from Mount Shasta. It's very powerful. Very powerful. Well, I'm seeing what time it is, and and I would like to... uh, share you with my co-host, Ariel, and uh, thank you so much for uh, all the essences that you send my way, and thank you for showing up at the uh, quest. Every time you come, it's just an absolute blessing, and of course, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, in August. Um, so back to you, Ariel. Any Anytime you want to come on, Sandra, if you have something important to tell us that, that you've discovered, you always have an invitation. So back to you, Aria. Thank you so much, Lavendar. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't know all that. The last, the last time you were here, um, we didn't talk about some of those things. So that's really, really um, interesting. So I guess if anyone wants to go back and listen to the first episode when uh, you were on just before Christmas uh, in twenty one, uh, and then listen to this one, and then you'll get the bigger. Excuse me, the bigger picture. So, um, I wanted to see if if you would explain the way you did to me because it was so um, awe-inspiring um, about the the angel sword essence. I had I had never heard of that flower, but could you just describe? The, the the characteristics of angel sword and and the benefits absolutely angel sword has been uh, my go-to now for a long time it's a flower that grows in the region of australia it's created by bush essences um in australia and he is a 30-year pioneer of flower essences he has an amazing collection and they're very powerful flowers. Um, angel sword is uh, angel sword or angel's word. It basically cuts through anything in your auric field that isn't yours. And it brings in a clear connection to your higher self, discernment, and just you're in your own space, you're in your own zone. I use it a lot um, between sessions and also daily because we're always picking up gook from everywhere we go. 
And sometimes we feel heavy and we don't know why and, and maybe it's a salt bath I need. A couple of sprays, you create a mist with this flower essence um, and you just put a few drops in a water bottle and you drop some essential oils if you want and you mist it around your space, your car, your auric field and it just lifts you up and you have a clear connection that you're hearing your higher self and you're not having any outside interference. And it's very good when coupled with fringe violet, which is also from bush essences, an Australian flower. A very small flower, but very powerful. And what the fringe violet does, it seals the auric field. So you clear with the angel sword and you cut through the gook and then you seal it with fringe violet and you're just, you can walk anywhere and the energies will not affect you. And especially for people who are very sensitive empaths and very sensitive to energy like I am, I can't walk into a big room with a lot of people. The energy starts to frazzle me. We usually carry crystals with us, but add a little spray of uh, angel sword and fringe violet and you'll be speaking your truth and you'll have a boundary to protect your energy and your energetics. And, the, and I believe I sent that to you. You, you did. I love it. Um, yeah. The, the part of the story that you told me just about the, about the physical nature, you said, you know, if, like if, a, if a forest has been scorched and burned to the ground or, you know, a volcanic eruption... Oh, yeah, you know, angel sword grows grows after, uh, in Australia, after there's a brush fire, it's the first flower to appear. And it kind of has the shape of the fleur-de-lis. And in, in other aspects, it looks like a little monk. It's a beautiful purple flower. But, yeah, it's the first flower to come up after a fire. So very strong so it, it, if it can get it, Yeah, it really kind of has that, that rebirth you know, energy, Renewal, you know, is, yeah, scorched and lifeless, and the angel sword flower is the first thing that that kind of breaks that barrier and and uh, starts the the the, and it, the transformation. Right, and it also cuts through the confusion, the misinformation, the levels of discernment that we have with our channeled messages. I have a lot of. Uh, healers that don't trust in their own inner knowing. They're always doubting and they go to someone else to get confirmation. This actually helps you stand in that knowing and be sure that that's your message and it's you, no doubt, um, which I love because that's what I do. I give I spiritual advice, so I want to be clear in my message when I'm working with somebody and a very good combination of flowers to have around for um, healers and light workers that do work with the public a lot and take on a lot of energy. Um, sometimes we're giving and giving so much that we deplete ourselves and then we get sick and then we don't know and then we still keep giving. We have to learn to give to ourselves too. And what better way than to have an ally and two beautiful flowers that will walk with you through your day and guard you, guard your auric field and release any energies that will hurt you and repair the aura 
at the same time repair any damage. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. So um, you just touched on a, on a thing that, that rang a bell for me because I have I've, I've worked with a lot of clients who are they're starting to remember they're they're starting to wake up. They've had you know sometimes a a, a sudden awakening or a, or a gradual but they get to the same point where just like you said they doubt themselves you know they think they're getting messages but because they've been programmed uh, i mean people have been you know programmed in the third dimension to uh, to not believe in yourself and and you have no power you're not worthy you know um what makes you think that you're really that this is really true you know, so cutting through that, you know, that self-doubt or the false programming that where you can trust the information you're getting is true or assure Absolutely. that the information you're getting is true. So what, what would you recommend for those people? Um, for them, I, I like the Argentine Essences uh, Yucca Flower. The yucca flower uh, comes through and completely aligns you, aligns all your chakras. It's an antenna to the divine is what I call it. That's what the creator calls it as well. She says it just connects you and gives you that boost up to be able to see who you are, not in a physical but in a multidimensional way to receive that um, knowledge of the past lives of develop of your past gifts and to bring them into this being that you are now the avatar that you are, are now kind of like downloading when we download an app you got to run it to play it we get all these downloads but we're not running them we're not running our our transmissions our messages we're not releasing them to the world because we're scared of what people are going to say or think that goes away when you're standing in your own knowing, in your own sovereignty, and you speak your truth, and you're not afraid to speak it anymore. I spent 40 years in the dark, not able to share what I experienced, it, um, experienced and it's hard to open up to, to people. But when you have or you're standing in your sovereignty and you know who you are, all that doesn't matter. What you thought was a big monster is really a little ant. <laughs> and <laughs> it just goes away. <laughs> you know, they say the, the bark is bigger than the bite. We get a lot of barks at us daily, but they're just barks. They're not going to bite us, especially if we move forward and show them who we are. And there's a lot of powerful beings on the planet right now. And we need them to re recognize themselves so that united, all of us, can help this planet and the people on it and humanity and accomplish our missions because that's what we came here to do. Well, this is great. Now, you just made me think of something else. Um, you know, a lot of people have been, um, lives have been disrupted um, since early in 2020, 
um, you know, people having businesses close and, you know, financial repercussions, uh, people who don't have a job anymore, people that have the 3D stress, just the 3D kind of survival stress, what would you recommend for them? Well, the entire planet, I believe, is in trauma mode right now. We're <laughs> yeah. all, we're all, and we've all been traumatized the last few years, some more than others. I mean, it's still going on in some parts of the world. Um, we need to be rescued, but we need to also be open enough to rescue ourselves. The, the elemental kingdom, the crystals, the earth, the waters, the land, they're here right now and they feel us. We need to tap into the ancient wisdom that we had a long time ago in Atlantis, in Egypt, in Greece, and connect with nature again and allow them to heal us. These flower remedies have been around for decades, since Bach in the early 1940s. And even him as a pioneer, they're still only recognized mostly in Europe. But there are so many flowers from around the world, like Angel Sword in Australia. I'm sure you didn't hear, you didn't know what that was in the U.S. I never heard of it before. I never heard of it before I met met you. I had no idea. Yeah. Exactly. And it's the same. There's so many flowers. Um, The creator of Argentine essences, she has a ranch on the foothills of the Andes Mountains in San Rafael, Argentina. She was guided there to buy the land. She didn't know these, these plants were on her land, these flowers. They just appeared. And they're the most magical flowers, just like all the ranges I work with. They're all unique in their own way. And um, as a practitioner, I guide you as to which ones you need at the time, depending what you're going through and what you need in the present. And she created a combination of seven flowers. It's the Rescue Me Remedy, and it's perfect for this time. It has a combination of seven flowers that are all to help us deal with emotional trauma grief, loss, suffering, losing your job, moving. I mean, I myself in the last two years have moved three times. And about 50 in my whole life, I'm used to it already because that's just the way my life has been. I've, I've moved around a lot and I've never settled in one state, in one place. Um, But for other people who have been uprooted from their homes, I get it. It's hard to leave your friends, your family, and everybody and have to go work in another state because you can't get work in your state. Leave your kids and maybe travel and have to do that. The elemental kingdom is here to, to hold our hand and to walk with us during this time. And they're so powerful. I mean, they make aspirin out of willow. Willow is an essence, and you can take it for pain. And they make aspirin out of it. So they're using the same flour, but they're manufacturing it and making it something that's going to upset our stomach or that's going to cause ulcers. Why, when we have the actual flour that we can take, and it will have the same effect? So they're there for those people who are naturopaths and and believe in the, the nature healing. 
All of that is there and it's accessible to you. So my inspiration for my shop was to put it out there for people to see all the different ranges that I've worked with and many more that I'm sure I'm going to add because I really want to be kind of like a, a one-stop shop for light workers and, and, and anyone who wants to heal, that you can go in there and look at the flower and just look at the image and it talks to you, it calls you, just like a crystal calls you. And once you hear the call of the flower and you read the meaning, it's like, oh, well, this is what I need. I need to be calm. I need a little less anxiety, mental exhaustion. I need to forgive more. I need to not have anger or resentment. I need to let it go. Um, peace. Just to be still. Sometimes we can't be still because we're always being stimulated by outside you know, sources. And mm-hmm. these flowers help us to center ourselves, to connect to our own self and be comfortable doing it. So it's and for you every also, level and every stage. You also do custom blends after you do a session with somebody, you connect with them, and and you create a blend of flower essences that has been tailor-made for their exact situation. Is that is that correct? Correct. That's the okay. yes. That's the flower essence um, consultation, and we go through the Nature Kingdom, and we select both of us together intuitively, and with the help of of our guides, the flower that you need at the present time to get you through what you're going through in this cycle, not next year or in two years, but now. What does Ariel need today? that will help you get through to the next stage, the next phase. And then the next phase, you may not even go back to that flower or that combo anymore because you'll be in a different place energetically because it works on the energetics, on the emotional body, the mental body, uh, the astral body. It helps us open our, come into our gifts more, activate the chakras, align the chakras, Activate the third eye for those who are seers. There's so many, so many yeah, things there's, there's, that we would have so we, many combinations, like the, and so many combos. But the rescue me yeah. combo is the one that's been most popular now because of what you just said. Because everybody is starting, you know, it's like uh, when you're going through the the storm, it doesn't hit you; it hits you after. And after the storm is where we need the healing because our body has been through turmoil. And just in moving, you go through a lot. Moving all your stuff from one place to another is a huge energy shift, and it affects us. So for those moments when you're in a car accident, yeah, you get rear-ended by somebody. Even though nothing happened, you're still shook up. You're still shaking, and you drop the Star of Bethlehem Essence, which is created by Bach, is created by Argentine Essences. Many creators use that flower. It's universal for trauma, grief, and any type of accident if you fall. Not just because of the physical pain, but because of we're energy. You know, right. we just took a hit. Whether it was an emotional hit, a physical hit, a mental hit, you got fired, you lost your job, you got everything is, hits us energetically. And that's what the flowers do is they hold you together 
so you don't fall apart because <laughs> when our energetics are off, we yeah, lose it I've, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was talking to my chiropractor today, and, um, you know, he said that if you keep your energy field balanced, you can keep your health. But even if you have a healthy body, but your energy field is twisted in some way or traumatized in some way, if you don't fix it, it's going to find its way into your body. So it will be physical. So it's better to cut it off at the path, you know, when it's still in the when it's still in your energy field. It's a lot easier to transmute than when it has densified in your physical cells and and started, you know, turning those uh, the wrong way. So, yeah, it, it's best to well, and also be proactive. The cause of most diseases, yeah, the, cause, the, cause, the cause of most diseases is stagnant energy in certain parts of your field. And then if it's by the kidney area, well, then it's going to affect your kidneys. If it's your knees and joints, it's going to affect wherever that stagnant energy is. And I know a lot of people don't who aren't in in this world don't see that it's important but it is part of maintaining your human body is the energetics that surrounds you i mean our aura is nine feet around us above us and below us that's a lot of space to cover yeah oh yeah and it's it's, walking it's preposterous to to think we don't have yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure some people is even bigger than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and think about this: you walk through where who knows who else has walked through. You know, you walking down the aisle of the store. Well, the guy that might have walked down there ten minutes ago is long gone. But if he was carrying a huge, you know, fear, anger, depression, something like that. You're going to walk through that as well. I mean, I, I tell my clients Absolutely. that, especially those that have like a water sign rising. Um, you know, you have to you have to make sure that you uh, you seal yourself before you go out in public. If you're if you're a sensitive, if you're a star seed, you know what? Even if you're not, <laughs> if you're not star seed, I don't Absolutely. suppose you care. E- even if you're not. <laughs> Yeah, even if you're not, it, it doesn't matter. We're we're all energy regardless. And even spaces, you're talking about walking into spaces. Um, here locally in my area, I offer uh, clearings for homes and businesses. And I had a few people that needed clearings in their business mostly. And it's heavy because... Nothing's been moved around and cleared, and and you've been there four or five years, and the energy is just stagnant in the space, and people don't want to walk into that. Just like you don't want to walk in where the angry guy was, people don't feel it from the door. They're like, I don't want to go in there. I, they could just sense it. We're energy, so we feel things. Right. What lures us into one store and what you know doesn't lure us into another besides the displays is the energetics of it. And I've had great success with the clearing of homes and businesses. There's always something lurking around that has to be removed. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. 
We need to do well, energy. Uh, let, let, what is it? Energy hygiene. Energy hygiene. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it, we're kind of saying that tongue in cheek, but it is so true. I mean, energy hygiene has got to be at least as important as, you know, your other kinds of hygiene, <laughs> if not more. Or brushing your teeth, yeah. Yeah, well, when I yeah. wake up in the morning, I take my essences before anything else. I'm like, okay, what do I need for today? What am I feeling? Who's calling me? What do I need? What am I doing today? Am I enjoying myself? Am I working? Am I doing sessions? And each flower comes in with a different energetic to assist me with what I'm going to go through that day. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to go through, but they do. One day I woke up and a couple of flowers, because they speak to me intuitively, told me to take six drops. And I said, wow, six drops of each? What's going on? And they're like, you're going to need it. And 48 hours later, there was a hurricane. There was a hurricane in the area, and we were flooded on our street, and my car got flooded and totaled, and it was a big nightmare. So, yeah, I needed them. And I didn't even know what was coming. That's a story. Man. Yeah, and there's many. Yeah. We're doing, uh, I'm doing Starseed, I'm not Starseed, Starseed Essences uh, YouTube. We're starting a video log with testimonials of different, of uh, my clients who have become family now. We're, we're part of, we're part of this. And as I see them transform and grow and it's just so inspiring to to see the metamorphosis yeah. and the change. Well, lots of great new things you've got. Um, I want to repeat one more time. Your website is Starseed Essence Shop S H O P P E dot com, and Sandra is available for private custom um, sessions to uh, you know c- come up with a tailor made. Um, combination of essences. You've got all kinds of uh, regular, uh, what we call like pre-made essences. There's a custom for individual and then there's the pre-made that are just tried and true kind of thing that they, you know, this is good for that and this is good for that. So you've got the pre-made and and then the custom made um, as well as your you know, your personal session work. Um, and are you are you going to be launching your YouTube channel soon? Yes, we already started our, our first vlog um, with our first testimonial story, and I'm just lining up our guests, and we're going to have the Essence Creators come on and share their stories, uh, the ladies oh, behind the flower essences, and um, that's going to be fun because everyone needs to hear this. I think the more we talk about it and the more we share, the knowledge will start to seep out and we'll be able to help a lot of people. I have a Reiki lady in New York who I just delivered the Rescue Me Essences uh, to her, and she's working with Ukrainian refugees that are in New York, I guess they're migrating there after the war. They've lost everything. 
and she's doing Reiki sessions on them. She says she's in tears the entire session because of all the trauma and the pain that they're releasing. And she yeah. asked me if there was any flowers that could help these people. And so we're sending them where they're needed and check out the site, go through it. There's more to come, so stay tuned. And it was yeah, an honor yeah, to be here with you ladies. And it's always a pleasure, always a pleasure to talk with you. And I will look forward to seeing you in August in Arkansas. And um, oh, by the way, we have some spots that have opened up that people that were thought they could come and, they, and then they couldn't. So we do have some spots that, that was full. Um, so uh, if you know anybody that wants to come along, uh, if you're already coming, you can bring a friend. So, uh, and just write to crystals at starseedhotline.com so we'll make sure that, um, that they've got the markings that they need to have. So, Sandra, thank you so much for being with us this evening. And um, I'm looking forward to getting my package from you, too. Um, and I still, I still love the ones that, that you've sent me already. So thank you for being on the planet. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, I'm I'm looking forward to you getting your your little flowers there. Your little care package, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much and um we're going to wrap it up now. We will be back 2 weeks from tonight and um and make sure is there contact information uh Sandra on your website if somebody wanted to uh to you know, they call, email, uh, text, however, is that all on your, on your website, the contact? It's all there. Just, okay. just scroll down to the bottom and you have all the contact information. And um, thank you, everyone who's, you know, tuned in to Starseed Academy and for being a part of this planet and for being here on the planet. Yeah, it's an ever-growing family thankfully. So we will uh, see, I'll see you in August and everyone, I will be back uh, with Lavendar and Anastasia two weeks from tonight. Until then, give compassion and hold on to gratitude. Until we meet again, good night everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 